Okay, this one takes me back for sure. <laughs> this is the theme song for a TV show that ran for only a couple of years called Here Come the Brides in like 1968. But I am a Seattle girl, and my guest on the show today is a Seattle girl. This is Stacy Julian with episode 91 of Exactly Enough Time. a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know? We can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection. I am a life enthusiast and a storyteller. I interview interesting people and talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. So honestly, I don't know that I remember watching that television show so much as I remember just that catchy tune. I would sing that song with my mom in the car. But the show, just so you know, Here Comes the Bride, was set in 19th century Seattle, Washington, which is the city where I grew up. Okay, last week I told you that this week's episode would be all about having more fun with your families. It's coming probably next week, but I decided to move up a conversation that I recently had with Malia Karlinski, who is an Emmy award-winning lifestyle reporter and producer for Seattle Refined. I mentioned that Malia also grew up in the Seattle Burbs. She attended Washington State University, go Cougs, that's very close to where I live now, and Seattle University School of Law. She loves interviewing, like me, intriguing people and covering all things creative, including fashion, the local theater scene, and everything DIY. When she's not hanging out with her handsome hubby, cute kids, and a darling dog, you can find her watching her two favorite shows, General Hospital and Jeopardy. Malia's weaknesses include an addiction to coffee and a passion for bad puns. I really wish I had a bad pun for Malia today. Maybe I'll work on that for the end of the show. But I was just really grateful for the opportunity to visit with Malia and kind of pick her brain, right? As a journalist, I want to learn from her what she's learned about stories and share it with you. She's done so many interviews with fascinating people and produced these really great segments for Seattle Refined. So yeah, listen in. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. But wait, one more thing. Be sure to listen to the end because I have a special offer for podcast listeners for a class that I will be teaching in January. I'm going to be honest, you guys. I'm just a little bit wowed, honestly, that I am sitting down, you know, in air quotes, for my podcast today with Malia I want to make sure I say it right, Karlinski. Yeah, good job. Okay. Hi, Malia. Hi, Stacey. <laughs> so good that, so good. I just am so happy about this opportunity. Um, right off the top, we are both Seattle girls. Heck yeah. Uh, 
love. So yeah, I'm going to share three things that I love and then I want you to start and just share three things you love. I love, straight up love, eating fish and chips on Pier 54 at Ivers. Mm-hmm. It's just something I did growing up with my family and it just, to me such a celebration of just the sights and the smells and all of it. I love St. Edward's Park. You ever been there? Oh, it's right by my house? Nuh-uh. Yeah. Okay, I love St. Ed's. They just have these beautiful forested hills, and you just hike all the way down to the shore of Lake Washington. And I love taking a ferry just about anywhere. I particularly love going to Edmonds and taking the ferry. Edmonds is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Now I want you to tell me three things you love about Seattle. It's hard because I just love Seattle. I really do. I think it's the greatest city in the world. Um, We have everything here. But if you're forcing me to narrow it down, (laughs) the first thing I'll say is um, we have the best local burger places, I think, anywhere in the country here. And I'm talking about uh, Dick's, Red Mill, and uh, Burgermaster, a.k.a. the Triangle of Taste. And they're all owned and operated, um, and they're all amazing. And I probably go to them way too much. Okay, Dick's. I definitely hung out at Dick's from time to time as a teenager, but I thought you were going to say Kid Valley, and I don't know why. That's a good one, too. You're right. That is another. I didn't even recognize the other two, so I'm going to have to write those down. So next time I go, I can. Oh, you're going to love it. Okay, what else do you love about Seattle? Uh, So I love that. Also, I love our art scene. We have such an amazing art scene here from museums like Seattle Art Museum, Mopop, the Glass. Yes. Next to the Space Needles. Amazing. And then we have awesome plays, Fifth Avenue Theater, Paramount Theater. Um, yes. Kind of smaller places too. I just think we have a, in the normal days, you know, we have a thriving art scene and I, I feel really lucky that um, I get to kind of see all the stuff that's coming and going because it's just so inspiring. That's so, and I'm glad you brought that up because my dad's kind of the backwoods nature guy. My mom is, is the art. I mean, she introduced us to art and museums and theater. And I remember seeing the King and I with Yul Brenner at the Paramount Theater. Oh my God. And my mom explaining what a big deal that was, you know, and teaching us about anyway. So you're right. That is so much a part of Seattle. And I love that too. It's so cool you got to see Yul Brenner in person. That's amazing. That is so right. Cool. I, and I remember, I remember I was probably in the fifth grade. I wasn't very old, but it was, yeah, very impactful. So anyway. <laughs> okay, now Malia, I want you to maybe more officially or formally introduce yourself. I'd love to just hear for my listeners a little about your family, your work, hobbies, whatever you want to tell us. Okay. Well, I work at Como TV here in Seattle um, on the lifestyle show, so non-news. And it's called Seattle Refined. It's a dream job for me. Um, Mm. I absolutely love it because I love meeting people and hearing their stories and getting to know what made them who they are. So I I really literally pinch myself every day that that's for a living. I'm so lucky and I know it. And I have two teenagers and that actually they're really nice. (laughs) (laughs) They're great kids. Uh, I love being their mom and uh, a husband and a couple pets. So for my free time, I mean, gosh, we, we love to travel. We're not fancy folks, but we just love to, you know, big trips or small trips. Um, we like to do, uh, I'm very into DIY of anything. Uh, Yay. I love, yeah, I love DIY. I love painting. I love art. I love scrapbooking. Um, I, love, I didn't say I was good at it all the time, but I like trying it. 
that it's not right. You don't have to be good to try something. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. And that's that's like a lesson. I think it's a, it's great for every for people to learn over and over when they're nervous about trying yes. something. It's like it's not about being good at it. It's just about trying it. So you won already. You already did it. Exactly. Exactly. And and what is it about why we apologize if we like teenagers? Kind of. You know what I mean? I, I hear that a lot from moms. Like, I have teenagers, but I like them. No, so right. I don't know why. I guess I feel kind of guilty because people, I hear other moms. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I loved my teenagers. I straight up loved my teenagers. So They're that's cool. awesome. Yeah, I mean, they are way cooler than me. I mean, it's interesting. Isn't it interesting? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're cooler than me, but have no. you had that weird experience where you're like, oh, I'm the dorky mom. Like, I'm not cool. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. Oh, a hundred percent. But I think I think that's good for them to have the dorky mom. I'm just gonna say that's at least what I would tell myself. So yeah, I'm oh, okay. To be cool, so they, <laughs> they know. Oh, uh, okay. So Malia, you are a journalist now, not just a journalist. You are an Emmy award-winning lifestyle reporter and producer, as you mentioned for this show, Seattle Refined, which is currently on Como TV. I totally grew up watching Como TV, but I want you to just tell me more. Tell me more about becoming a journalist and how did you land this dream job? Well, I actually, um, I went to WSU and I majored in communications, but I really wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. I thought that I would, I really wanted to help people. And I thought that is the easiest path to that. So um, after WSU, I actually went to Seattle University of School of Law. Okay. It was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really hard. Um, And I I graduated and everything. But after that, well, I have to say during that, um, I was kind of miserable. And I asked the dean Um, at the time, um, I really don't know if this is right for me. And he said, listen, go get an internship anywhere and I will give you credit for it. So I got an internship at Cairo TV in Seattle. And um, I fell in love with it. I just thought this is awesome. This is so much fun. I can't wait to go to work every day. And so when I graduated uh, from law school, I actually already had a job and, and I just never stopped doing it. That was uh, it's so interesting. Isn't this so interesting how our paths, I mean, you, you set on the path, you think this is what I'm going to do. And then you end up something completely different. So fascinating to me. I just think, so I'm curious, what, what would you say? I didn't think I was going to ask you this, but what what did learning about the law, preparing to become a lawyer, how, has that influenced you in some way? What do you think you took away from that experience that you've added to your life now in your current? Career? A couple of things. I think law school prepares you to read um, a vast amount of information and mm. be able to break it down quickly, which yeah. is really helpful. I am a really, really fast reader. And I huh. think it's because I was forced to read so much Yeah, <laughs> and be able to articulate what it said. And yeah. I also uh, secondly, concise writing is something oh. cool. And my gosh, that is so important. Um, not just in my job, but in, in any job, in any, you know, anywhere, not yeah. just in your job, in your personal life, being able yeah. to communicate concisely and effective. And you're so good at that, Stacey, and efficiently. Oh my um, gosh. You're a great writer. So that's, but that's not, it's a thing you've got to learn. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad I learned it. That's so fascinating because I have um, a couple of boys right now <clears throat> in college and <laughs> last week one sent me an essay, mom, work your magic. And I'm like, first of all, this is not my job to work magic on your essay. But second of all, you've got to learn how to do this. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. to learn how to edit. And because he said it's 615 words and it's only supposed to be 500. So but I tell my kids all the time, write. You That is so important to learn how to write. And I don't think I'm a great writer, but thank you. But that you know, just, and the only way you can learn to do it is to do it. I think, 
just oh, over and over and over again. But it, I mean, I get made fun of at work all the time because I want to like, I want to, you know, put forth these like six minute long stories for TV and they're supposed to be two minutes. Yeah. And, and I, it literally pains me when I have to take stuff out. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, but this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, it's so true. That, you know? It's so true. Oh, well, and I make people do the same thing with their pictures, edit them. You know, oh, nobody yeah. wants to see 70 pictures of a birthday party. Nobody does. I promise, not even grandma. Well, maybe grandma, but nobody else. So no, you're right. <laughs> That's such an important message because um, it's, uh, great. it's pointless to have 70 pictures yeah. or too many words. It's much more important to just have really good stuff. Yeah. So fascinating. Okay. So I have been having a lot of fun, particularly today. I, uh, I did my, my weight routine this morning, watching a number of your segments that you have produced, I, I don't know, created for Como, for Seattle Refined. I watched one this morning about super colorful socks that have powerful words printed on them. Isn't that I watched. Yeah. So, I watched about a young girl. She just seems so young to me. She's a photographer and she specializes in, this is so fascinating, didn't even know you could do this, elopement adventures. She's I mean, amazing. yeah. So I'm cool. going to link to a couple of these in the show notes just so people understand better the breadth of what you do in this, in this work. You really do get to meet fun and interesting people. So I want you to tell me um, maybe about a recent interview you've done. And I don't know, maybe one that surprised you in some way. It's there's so many just amazing people out there doing cool yeah. stuff. And um, I'm just so interested in them and probably yeah. come across as a little bit of a stalker sometimes because I'll <laughs> I'll take the time to like, you know, really research them. Um, it's tough to say what's been a, an interesting interview lately because I feel like they're all interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I will say during COVID, I've met so many people that are so selfless and creative and compelling mm. and willing to do things for complete strangers. And I mean, I'm talking about some of these people are kids. They're literally teenagers and wow. they're so wise and warm and they're going out of their way to make other people's lives better for no, no reason, except for that. They're just really great people. Um, and that's been really gratifying uh, to me and encouraging. I did meet a young man recently and his mom, they're in Tacoma and um, his name's Uzziah and he's okay. young, like 11 years old. And wow. he has been feeling very overwhelmed by things that are happening in the news. Um, and so he, he, in his 11 year old mind said, what makes people calmer? Candles. So he um, started his own candle company. This just, he's a kid. And these candles wow. are really good. They're called the common hmm. cure candles. Anyways, he and his mom um, started making these candles and he's just the sweetest kid. And he's been doing great. And he, he gives back to the community. He, wow. um, has such a positive message. And he just says, we need to calm the world. You know what kid? You're absolutely so right. You sum the whole yeah. thing up. So, I mean, that kid just melted my heart. Oh, okay. Well, Uzziah, you and me both, right? The news is overwhelming. <laughs> the world can be overwhelming. And I get up every morning and light my candle, you know, and read yeah. good inspirational stuff. So that's so, and he's 11, you know, out of the mouth of babes, like, let's take our, you know, let's look at these young people. That's so fascinating to me. Or and not. so he must have a great mom too, or someone who, you know, when your kid comes to you and says, I think I want to start making candles, you got to say, okay. <laughs> His mom is amazing. She, huh. I, she used to be um, a police officer or in the law enforcement field. And I think because of what she experienced, she ended up, um, she says this openly, she ended up having some, you know, anxiety and stress. She, that's how she started lighting the can, any candle. And that's how he kind of got the idea for the candle. So it's kind of sweet oh. it's to his mom too. It's yeah. really 
hurt, calm, you know, feel less anxiety. And now he's helping others. But I just love how he just like broke it down to the most basic thing, like on the world. So it was awesome. Uh, He he sensed that need in himself. And he, you know, this is what my mother does. And now I'm going to make this available for others. I love stories. And maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I should have been a journalist. You are. I mean, you're a story coach. I think that you're amazing. Like, oh, other stories and you and you do it in a way that doesn't make people feel stressed. So that's incredible. Oh, well, thank you. But anyway, I am always wanting to become a better storyteller. Try And I try to read and I try to just, you know, just all of it. So I'm so curious. I want some advice now from you. What have you learned in your career, interviewing all of these people, putting these stories together, editing out the, the stuff that you don't want to let go of, but you have to. <laughs> what, what have you learned in this process about storytelling and about what makes stories interesting? Well, at, at its core level, um, at our core level, we're all human beings and we actually have a lot more in common, I think, than yeah. people realize. Every one of us is carrying around like a vast library of stories. Some of our, mm. some are our own stories. Some are people that we love or care about. Some are just ones that touched us. Um, and they're different kinds of stories, right? There's the kind that um, is in your heart because it makes you feel good and it's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. There's the kind that is heavy and it makes you sad and you carry it on your back. And then mm. I think there's the kind that are in your hands um, and you're, you're protecting them and cradling them because they're about hope. So I think- Did you just make that up? Yeah. Well, I thought that, that imagery was like, I just drew the picture in my mind as you're talking and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, that's Sorry. how I feel. I, I just feel that I feel like we all have these things. Um, yeah. I think, and you know, you've heard the adage, everybody has a story. Everybody has a library. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There's so much there. And once you can kind of like relate to some, another person that you might not have things in common with at first glance and realize yeah. they have their library and you have yours and yeah. a lot of the books are pretty close. Um, it just, it just makes you feel realize that we're, you know, we have a lot in common and there's a lot of common ground and we can all oh. love and respect each other. I, I absolutely love that, that everyone has stories that they're cradling. They have stories that are burdening them. They're carrying on their back and then they have those special ones in their heart. Like that's so awesome. And I think it's so true. We live in this world where there's this, you know, otherizing. Is that, is that, you know, I, I just heard that term that we otherize. And I think the secret to, to not, viewing someone through the lens of you're different from me is simply to just be curious and say, tell me a story. Like, let me see your, the human being inside of you instead of trying to slap you with labels and make you somehow different than me. Anyway, that's. No, absolutely. I think that's true. And um, it's, it's a real honor when someone tells you their story because it's, it's, they're vulnerable and that's not easy. It's not easy with a stranger or even with a loved one. It can be really difficult. So, I mean, it's like, someone tells you their story or shares a story, it's, you should feel honored. Like, wow, you know, yeah. they really trust me and I want to be careful with what they, you know, shared with me. I totally agree. Most of my listeners, I think, <laughs> uh, are drawn to this idea of telling stories. Many of them do it in creative ways through scrapbooking and they're telling primarily family stories. And one thing I've encountered, like you just said, stories, you know, we're vul- it, it takes some vulnerability to share stories, but I find often people don't value or don't recognize their own story as being interesting. So I'm curious what insight or advice you might have for, for me, first of all, and, and for those listening about learning to value our own stories and maybe understanding, you know, what aspects of stories to pull out to make them interesting or so that we feel like there's something that we, we can and should share. That was a really long question. <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, I mean, we're all the main characters of our own lives, right? So in any good story, there is going to be good times and bad times. 
in every single story, there's, you know, you have to overcome something. So I think mm. that seeing what you've gone through, uh, you know, the highs and lows over the years, and we all have them as humans and being mm-hmm. able to like say, Hey, that was really tough, but I got through that. Um, it gives yep. you strength and sharing that with other people, um, gives them strength too, because, you know, once you see someone else do something, you realize you can do it too. So whatever yeah. you battled in your life and overcome, and we all have, once someone else sees that they're like, Hey, that, you know, that person was able to overcome. And I think I can too. And it just gives them hope and encouragement. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So it's that up and down oscillating narrative of it's not always great, you know, but you know, I guess being able to talk, yeah, to recognize, and especially looking back, recognizing times that were challenging and what you, what you did to either learn your way through it or overcome it, or even if it sort of beat you up for a while, <laughs> just <laughs> being able to, to talk about that. Okay. So I've spent some time on your website and, and again, there are just, gosh, a dozen or more just different interviews um, and stories you've produced and they're broken down into categories. I'm a big category person. (laughs) You've got, you know, where you've interviewed celebrities and then you've got a a whole section on food, uh, which is interesting. I'm teaching an online class and and our theme this month is food, you know, and then the, the connection that it creates across generations. You've got a category for inspirational stories, for creative adventures. I'm so curious. Do you decide the next story you're going to create that it goes in one of these categories? Do you cycle through them? Do you have a favorite category? Talk to me about the different types of stories that you produce. I am so interested in everything. I almost have a hard time sometimes focusing. Um, that's why there's so such a wide range of stuff. I find all my own stories um, almost without fail. I I love every every story I do. My favorite are probably the inspirational stories, although all stories are inspirational to a certain extent. But um, yeah, I just meet the coolest people that way. And I, I mean, I love it all. I, I'm, in terms of my favorite ones, I love them all, but there is a young man um, who lives in the Seattle area and his name is Jordan and he um, is a photographer and he is like amazing photographer. Like he yeah. has shot Macklemore, Lizzo. He has shot like every music star you can imagine. He happens to have been born with something called Tars syndrome. So he's probably about 30 now, but he was born with something called Tars syndrome, T-A-R-S. So he's missing uh, basically his arm. He doesn't have that part of his arm. He doesn't have he has a hand and he has like a shoulder, but he is like an incredible professional photographer and the most positive person you could ever meet in your life. And I got to know him uh, over the course of a year. We hung out with him and kind of followed him around. And this guy is full of light and love. He's had some tough cards dealt to him. And I'm not talking about his, his TAR syndrome. I'm talking about like he um, he was with a good friend when he was a young man in his 20s and at a party and randomly his friend was shot in front of him. Yeah. And he had great depression, but came out of it. And so he's he's someone to me that's just like such an inspiring person. He Everybody loves him. He's friends with every person he meets. And there's no pretense about him. I mean, he photographs the most famous people uh, in the music industry, for sure, if not, you know, elsewhere. And he, you won't find one, any of his pictures on his wall of his apartment. He doesn't, he's not like that. It's all these post-it notes about being positive and staying strong and having a good attitude and messages yeah. to him. I actually watched his story this morning. And <laughs> Yeah, it it literally, I'm just, as you describe it, I'm like, it really was so good. So now I'm going to have to link to that. So you guys listening, you got to come. He's amazing. I love him. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And I I was trying to remember the things, you know, I think he just left with these three bits of wisdom at the end, Um, you know, be yourself. I can't remember the other, you know, but he does. It's so crazy. I almost feel like sometimes people that are dealt 
I feel like the hardest blows can become so positive. Like they just have this grounding sense of faith and resilience that just allows them to look past so much of the little stuff, you know? And I, I sense that in him. You know, when you meet somebody and you're like, they're not a normal person because they're so yeah. like farther along and like emotionally or something than most people, he, that, he's like that to me. He's like, wow, this person is like so advanced, you know, you just want to be around him and he just makes everybody feel good everybody. Yeah. That's amazing. And so I actually followed him on Instagram. I'll link to that too, but it's Jordan loves life. If you want to get to know him. And he does love life. You know, he does. So he's amazing. Well, and you mentioned that you find all your stories. So talk to me about that. Cause I think that can help someone who's just dealing with family stories. What are you looking for? Your curiosity is obviously piqued by, you know, lots of different things. How do you know when you find a story or how do you go looking for it? I don't think some of them find me. I'll just meet some, this sounds, I'll meet somebody like in the line at the grocery store. Really? I'm one of these people that talks to anybody. I think you're like this too, though. People are probably like, why is she talking to me? I've met people in the nail salon that I end up doing stories on. I've had high school friends and their kids that are doing cool things that I do stories on. I read the paper. I read all the papers around here. I, I love newspapers. I know that some huh. people are like, we don't need newspapers. We need newspapers. And yes. we, need, we need the physical paper. I love yeah. reading the physical paper. I read a ton of them. Magazines. I mean, I've done stories on my my dad's senior citizen friends. I mean, everybody has a story for real. Yeah, a library of stories. <laughs> library of stories. They do. Okay, so inspirational stories. That's definitely y- your favorite. Tell me about if if you don't mind. I don't know just one other truly memorable interview that you've done. Okay, this was tough because I love all my Seattle celebrities, including Kenny G. Love him so much. Mixed a lot, but I have to say, one of my I've done a ton of these people that are from here or live here. But my favorite is Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I knew that. I totally watched the Partridge Family. I didn't know he was from Seattle. See, isn't that he funny? Lived, well, he lives here now. He's been here for about huh. ten years or seven or ten years with his wife Amy. Okay. I grew up with the Partridge family. Did you like watch oh, when you were? Yeah, hundred percent. Brady Bunch and then Partridge family. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever want to be there, like the tambourine and the bat? Like, uh, I yeah. <laughs> Danny Bonaducci um, lives in Seattle. He's a DJ here. This guy oh. has been through everything you can imagine in life, from fame and you know all the good things that come with that as a kid and getting making lots of money to having um, addiction issues to oh. um, lots of. He was on a reality TV show. He was a wrestler. Like he's done all this stuff. But the thing that's so cool about him is he's just like, he's so open and honest and just says it like it is. So funny. He is probably the, he has the quickest wit, I think, of anyone I know. I can't even huh. explain. And he does, he plays the guitar. He, he rides the, a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Away. <laughs> unicycle. He, he's just a multi-talented person. But my interview with him, he, I, I had a great moment with him where he will just tell you anything. And I was like, wow, this interview is going great. I was asking him about his addiction and family stuff. And, and then he kind of stopped and was staring at me. And I'm like, gosh, why is he staring at me? And he's like, ma'am, um, I think you're, uh, I think there's something on your face. And of course, when I oh. do on camera interviews, I like put a ton of makeup on, which I would never <laughs> normally do and fake eyelashes. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he's like, yeah, I think your eyelashes like um, <laughs> falling down, you know, your shirt. I'm like, I was just horrified. But he just rolled with it. He was totally cool and fun. Um, he didn't hold it against me. And I ended up doing other interviews with him since then. But he's lovely. And I love his wife, Amy. You know what he does? You're going to love this. He sneaks into record stores across, you know, Seattle, Spokane, anywhere across the country where he visits. And he um, autographs records from the Partridge family. And just Oh, seriously. So people go to buy a record. And they're like, there's a signature from Danny Blanc. And they're like, this has been signed by Danny. <laughs> he's, he's just a cool person. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that he was in Seattle. And Kenny, now I'm gonna have to look up the stories about him. That's so oh, funny. He's, so, he's cool. And Kenny G is a Kenny G. By the way, I don't know if you're a Kenny G fan. 
you oh, should. Yeah. He's, he's from here too. He's amazing. We interviewed him. He was lovely. He's so talented. Practices for three hours a day still. A day. There's no reason really? to practice. Because, you know, I know. Like you're Kenny D. Do you really have to do that? <laughs> he's just real professional. He's lovely. When my colleague Steve Poole was retiring um, last year and I got to produce a show about him, I reached out to Kenny G because I had interviewed him before. And I said, hey, you know, because they had been friends when they were much younger. I said, hey, would you mind doing, you know, sending a message for um, Steve Poole? Yeah. He produced this freaking beautiful <sighs> video, um, like a, like saying him old Lang Syne or whatever. He didn't sing it. He yeah. did his um, saxophone and gave him a personal message. And he's just, he's amazing. And you know what's cool about him too? A guy in his huh. band, uh, Robert is a, his friend from high school He's been together since then, Kenny G. So that just shows you, he's like a great yeah. guy. We walked out of that interview. I was with two um, of my male coworkers and both of them are married. We walked out of the interview and I went on one side and one on the other side of me. And I said, I think I have a huge crush on Kenny G right now. <laughs> and the one on my left said, I do too. And the one on my right yeah. said, as do I. I mean, that as guy is so magnetic. <laughs> and is he married? Does he have family? He's been married. He has a couple grown sons. And he's okay. a pragmatist. One of his sons, at least one, is a musician. He said, I told my son, I said, listen, a career like mine is one in a million. But if you want to do it, do it because you love it. And do it. Yeah. For sure. So he's just cool. I like him. Uh, I see. And, and so generous, like you say, you know, to reach out and then to have him not just send a message, but to kind of over the top it, you know? I mean, he's a man. He's amazing. He really is. He's like, he's just a really quality human. Okay, this is this is fun for me to talk about now. Is you actually interviewed me for a little segment on Seattle Refined, which is so exciting. But we talked about documenting life during COVID nineteen. We mentioned, uh, and I think it was probably before we were recording, but you mentioned your experience with scrapbooking, which I didn't know about. And and then you already introduced you know earlier today, but you have this crafty DIY side. So now I want to know just a little bit more about that about that. I've been a big fan of yours forever. And I, I, I mean, photo freedom. I mean, I think it's, it's completely the way to go is to, is to not be so stressed about, like we talked about earlier, yeah. trying to shove every single picture you've ever taken in a scrap. <laughs> so I started scrapbooking probably when my kids were young. So probably gosh, I don't know, like 18 years ago ish. Yeah, no, that's a lot of fun. And it was so fun talking to you because um, I love how you document things like you know, we talk about documenting birthdays or weddings and stuff like that, but I love how you encourage people to document their COVID experience. I think that's so important. And I love how you approached it. I just, when I learned about you and everything you were doing with scrapbooking, um, when my kids were little and I, I you got me addicted to it. So thanks. Oh, okay. Well, you're welcome. My goodness. That's exciting. Now I have all these great scrapbooks. Thank goodness I have them because yeah. if I hadn't, you know, if I hadn't done it, then I wouldn't remember all these wonderful things now. I know. So, it's so true. So mm. I appreciate that. Oh, well, you're so welcome. Keep going. Go ahead. I got into scrapbooking. And um, what I was going to say is I love your approach uh, to, to keeping memories these days and and uh, remembering what's going on with you personally and your family and also in the world. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I think that's so cool. I do too. I, you know, it's, and I've, I've actually bumped into a lot of people sort of online and, and otherwise where they're like, I just don't know if I can tell it. It's, it, no, it's too fresh. It's too it's too heavy, you know, and I just say, well, just take pictures and just keep a journal, like just, just a few of the little details, you know, you know, and I just encourage people take a picture with, with, with masks and standing on the dot, you know, at Fred Meyer that says, you know, six feet apart and just these little things that will spark, you know, as you know, in a few years, if you, if you can't talk about it right now, if you can't record it right now, make sure you're capturing some of these triggers that will, you know, that will help you tell it later. I love the Great. Social media too, which I think is like so powerful now. Just you know the the meme about not finding the toilet paper or whatever. Yes, or, yes. I mean that's we have to have a sense of humor, right? But I think yep. incorporating that stuff 
as well is so important. And I, I think you made the point, like you're doing it for the future generations. Yeah. You know, you're doing it not just for yourself and your family, right. which you are, but you know, people that are going to come later and go, Hey grandma, what was that time? Like, <laughs> you know, we don't give ourselves yeah. enough credit. We are primary sources for history, you know, and, and right now it seems that we're making especially important history, but we're always making history. <laughs> so you were so good about taking away those roadblocks. A lot of us have about, Oh my God, I have to do this and make it look like this. Yeah. And um, I love that you give us the freedom that we don't have to, that we Gosh. can just are enough. Gosh, I wasn't planning on so much praise. Thank you. It's <laughs> very kind, very humbling because, of, because of your work and then just your love of stories. Like let's just pretend COVID-19 is now a distant memory. What, what do you want to remember? Well, professionally, I want to remember all these amazing people I've met doing incredible things yeah. selflessly. Um, it really makes you feel good about humanity. Yeah. And it's good news. Um, I don't want to watch the news that stresses me out. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to see people in my neighborhood that are doing great things. Personally, I treasured the fact that my kids have become better friends, mm-hmm. being forced to be home together all the time. Um, I love spending time with my pets. Yeah. <laughs> the dog yeah. and the cat has yeah. been has been really fun, and also just a chance to slow down and enjoy the little things. Yeah. Reading a book, going for a walk, slowing the pace of the world down, which frankly I felt for me at least was getting too quick. Yeah. Um, I like that it's slower right now. I think I'm, I do better that way. So uh-huh. yeah. Amen to all of that. That's how I feel. Like I just traded frenetic in for just this chance to, to really focus on, you know, the things that really matter the most. Okay. So I have a couple questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of each episode. The first one I call people, places, and things. So I just want to know from you, is there a person, a place, or a thing that has your attention right now? Well, this isn't very deep, but I am obsessed with the home edit on Netflix. Oh, I think I actually saw this. Is this the two Instagram girls? They are so they're, good. Yeah. At, at they're so funny. I love them. They're and they like, you- like they did so Reese good. Witherspoon's Closet. It's those girls. Yeah. I mean, I want them to come. Yes. Here so but I don't think, I think they're, I think they've moved beyond, you know, where they would come here. <laughs> they're, they're incredible. Um, also, there are some really good new Christmas movies coming out on the Hallmark Channel. Which- oh, we get the press release or whatever it's called. Yeah, I wish. No, I'm just, I'm just looking forward, you know, oh, I mean, just looking forward to it. holiday season. And I think there's, but there's still plenty of like little, you know, little pleasures that we can all access easily. And that that's one of them is Hallmark movies. Oh, it's so funny. I have to tell you, I was listening to a podcast. I won't remember now. I, he had his guest introduce himself and he goes, I'm the bad guy on a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and he goes, I'm a financial planner. I work in New York city. I wear a suit every day. <laughs> he goes, I'm the guy that the girl leaves behind to go find her cowboy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Perfect. That is a hilarious way to introduce yourself. So, um, okay, well, okay, that's awesome. I'm going to, um, I'm gonna. I think I watched one. I watched the the Reese Witherspoon episode of Home Edit, but now I'm going to have to pay closer attention. Okay, so now you get to fill in the blank. I have exactly enough time for. I have exactly enough time to share the stories I meant to share. <gasps> mm, I love it. So, I, I, I believe I, it too. I believe it. Well, and I, I don't, I feel like a lot of people in my business say they're storytellers. I feel like I'm a story sharer. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily my story that I'm sharing, but someone else's, uh, I'm the conduit mm-hmm. that lets them share their story. So I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's a big honor. I appreciate that. I think so you, Johnny, you, yeah, you shine light on them. And, and I'm sure, I mean, I know when I hung up with you, I was like, wow, that felt really good. You know, so you, you do that for people and you help them again, value, you know, value their contribution, whatever it is. So I'm going to encourage everyone to learn more about you. I'm going to put lots of links in the show notes. You guys can just go to seattlerefine.com, but I will put 
you know, links to you. Uh, and I just appreciate your time and your love of storytelling. And the fact that we have this scrapbooking connection just makes me so happy. And I'm also, of course, going to share the link to our interview when it comes out. So that'll be. Yes, that'll be really fun. And I, I just so enjoy talking to you. I could probably just chatter the whole day away talking to you. So thank I you. I think that's true. I would be, I would love to do that. We need to have fish and chips sometime and then maybe a hamburger. <laughs> I need to take you to Burger Master. Yes, I'm very please. upset. That <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, thank you, Malia. Thank you for your time. So this is what I've decided about people that I think are interesting. They are interesting in large part because they are so interested in the world around them. So loved the insights that Malia shared with us today. I'm going to put links, like I mentioned, all kinds of links in the show notes. I really want you to come and just watch a couple of the segments that she has produced so you can get to know her a little bit better as I have. And are you ready for my bad pun? Since Malia and I talked about going to Burgermeister together, <laughs> what did the hamburger name its baby? <gasps> Patty, of course. And you might not know this, but my middle name is Patricia. And I do love a good hamburger patty. <laughs> okay, seriously, go to the show notes today at stacyjulian.com because I'm going to put all kinds of links. Uh, I really want you to watch a couple of the segments that Malia has produced because even watching what she does will give you some insight into telling and refining your own stories. And speaking of stories, I really want to help you tell yours. That's why I am teaching for the first time in many, many moons, a class called Photo Freedom. This is the philosophy, the approach that Malia was talking about when she was so generous with her praise. But I am teaching this class at stacyjulian.com. Starts January 15th. I would love to help you get your photos organized and everything else that goes with it so that you can be liberated to be creative and, and do something with some of your pictures. Any person who listens to my podcast can register for this class and instantly save $30. All you have to do is use the code, ready for this? All capital letters, ENOUGH TIME. ENOUGH TIME, all one word, all caps, will save you $30 on Photo Freedom. And I will be telling you much more about this course in the coming weeks but I definitely want you to experience it with me. Okay, I'm gonna send you on your way with something that Malia said that is so profound. We can all love and respect each other. <gasps> yes, we need that right now. So please take that wisdom with you. Use it today and this next week wherever you can and come back next Thursday for another episode of Exactly Enough Time. Last thing.